Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks, will be covered everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, snowy Atlanta, Georgia, very rare. And I'm recording this on Saturday, January 29th, after the Hawks extended their win streak last night to six games after beating the Boston Celtics at home, closing out the fourth quarter on an 18-2 run. The Hawks now sit 11th in the Eastern Conference, pretty much virtually tied with the Wizards with the play-in spot, the last play-in spot in the East. The Wizards right now have the tiebreaker over the Hawks, but they are slowly climbing up the standings, which is what we've been talking about the last few episodes since they've been on this streak, playing really good defense. The bench has been producing. They've been sharing the ball. It's been a beautiful, beautiful sight to see. This is truly Atlanta Hawks basketball. Their fight, their effort, their executing. They are they are doing some fantastic things. So we're going to dive into all of that after this plug. If you like losing money, Turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future like i said earlier free band free band all right and we are back again if you've been under a rock and not paying attention to the atlanta hawks or you've checked out because they were so abysmal by our standards just a few weeks ago surprise surprise like i said hawks are on a six game winning streak They have the longest winning streak in the Eastern Conference right now. And then when you look at the entire league, they have the second longest winning streak behind the first place in the Western Conference and the team with the best record in the NBA as a whole. 
the Phoenix Suns, who we'll see fairly soon here in Atlanta. But right now, those six games in a row have put the Hawks, as I said before, virtually tied with the Wizards for that last play-in spot at 23-25. and 25. Wizards have the tiebreaker over them, so that's why they are 10th and the Hawks are 11th. And if you look now, the team that they just beat, the Boston Celtics, they're who are currently the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks are only a game behind the Celtics for 8 in the East. And if you're looking at 7th, the Hawks are four games back from the Charlotte Hornets right now. So, certainly doable. And if you're shooting for higher, which we obviously should be shooting for higher, to get into that upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, the Hornets are almost there. The Sixers are sixth right now. And the Hawks are six games behind the Philadelphia 76ers. So, continuing to take it a game at a time. We would love to be in the top eight and continue to ascend upward as the season goes on. And if they continue to play with this effort and the defense that they've been playing with, it is certainly extremely possible for this Hawks team to get back up into the top seven, six, maybe five before the season is over. I mean, we, I mean, I pegged them to be the fourth fifth best team in the Eastern Conference going into the season. And I was thinking that the Hawks would be have a better record than the Miami Heat when it's all said and done. And right now the Miami Heat are the number one seed, so everyone's chasing them, followed by uh, sorry, Chicago at two, Cleveland at three, the surprise team in the East, Milwaukee at four, Brooklyn at five, and I said Philly at six, Charlotte at seven, Boston eight, Toronto 9, Washington 10, Hawks 11. And we missed two games. Um, I had a very busy week, so I apologize not recording after that butt-whooping that we gave the Kings on Wednesday night. As when you look at the score, 121-104, the Hawks continuing to limit points scored by the other team. They... The Charlotte team that they beat on Sunday, who scored 158 on Wednesday night, the Hawks held them under 100 points. They hold the Kings to 104 points, and they shot 42% from the floor and 30% from three. The Kings did that night. And then last night, the Hawks kept the Celtics under 100 points, holding them to 92 points in total. And as a team, the Celtics shot just under 35% from the floor and 19% from three. So they have really done a really good job guarding the three-point line, just playing really sound team defense, communicating, whatever you want to call it. They're doing it now, and they're doing it while keeping their turnovers low and getting production from the bench. I mean, on... (laughs) On Wednesday night when they took on the Kings. And I tweeted out nine positives from Wednesday night's win over the Kings. The bench that night scored 70 points. They 70 points. That is ridiculous. The highest amount in a long time. A long time. I can. That's all I got to say. 
70 points from the bench. They played outstanding defense. They held another team to under 45% shooting from the floor. The Hawks themselves shot over 50% from the floor. They had 29 team assists. They only had seven turnovers on Wednesday night. They dominated scoring in the paint and on the fast break. Bogey had a really nice little hot streak, making some shots to further extend the lead. Lou Will had a good game. Okongu had a great game. And there was a low number of minutes for the starters on Wednesday night, which meant the starters were well rested for Friday night's game versus the Celtics. And it was just a dominating performance. I mean, the Kings came out hot. They outscored the Hawks 33-21 to in the first quarter. And then after that, <laughs> the second quarter, the Hawks, Scored 46 points, outscored the Kings 46-17, to and they were never looked back after that. Once they got the lead, they never looked back. At one point, the Kings did have a 14-point lead, and the Hawks turned it around, and at most, they led by 30 points on Wednesday night. As I said before, just an outstanding team effort for the Hawks, the starters, all of them, when you look at their minutes, no one played more than 25 minutes out of the starters because they had such great bench contribution. Only one starter scored in double digits. That was Trey Young with 17. Everybody else, John Collins had nine. Hunter had nine. A Fisher from the floor, though. Capella had eight. A Fisher from the floor. Herder had eight. And then off the bench, you have a Kongu with 18 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and don't forget he's been having a, he's been a terror on a defensive end. He had one steal that night. Gallinari had seven off the bench. Lou Will had 15 off the bench, knocked down three three-pointers himself. Bogey, 18 points off the bench, three three-pointers also for him. DeLon Wright was six. It was just everybody was chipping in. And almost everybody in the Hawks roster scored outside of Kevin Knox and TLC, who are arguably probably the bottom two players on the Hawks' consistent roster, in my opinion. So that's, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. You, They did not have, obviously, De'Aaron Fox play that game, but still Harrison Barnes had his 28 uh, Davion Mitchell had 20. Tyrese Halliburton was not as efficient, only had 11 points. Uh, Holmes wasn't as big of a terror in the paint. 12 points, but only five rebounds. Bagley only had nine. The Hawks just, after that initial surge from the Kings, they really just switched the gear and then just never looked back. Playing outstanding defense, sharing the ball, and just dominated on Wednesday night. And then they flipped the script on Friday got out to a, a double-digit lead on the Celtics, and the Celtics did try to trim it down, and they did trim it down to one point in the game, and then the Hawks ended the game on an 18-2 run to put the game away over the Boston Celtics. They, once again, played really good defense on Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now, Tatum and Brown still got theirs. Tatum had 20 points. Jalen Brown had 26. But they were not as efficient from the floor. They were combined 14 for 
39 from the floor between those two players. And from three-point range, they were combined four for 17 from three. They certainly put pressure on those two players, and you have to put pressure on those two players if you're going to beat the Celtics. Robert Williams had 11 and 10. Marcus Smart had 17, 6, 2 assists. A player that I would love to see on the Hawks. I just keep putting that out there. And then they didn't really get a lot of bench contributions. Schroeder only had two points off the bench. Josh Richardson only had seven. I mean, the Hawks just played just outstanding defense on the Celtics last night. They did. They forced 18 Celtics turnovers. The Hawks only had 12 themselves. As I said before, the Hawks forced the Celtics to shoot 35% from the floor, 19% from three, while the Hawks shot 46% from the floor and 38% from three. The Hawks did get out-rebounded by the Celtics, but they did win the assist margin. They had 10 steals last night, 11 blocks. I mean, just terrors on the defensive end last night. 40 points in the paint, so they outscored the Celtics. And they played good defense and fouled less than the Boston Celtics. So it was just a very, very solid win at home. And yes, the Celtics aren't the Celtics. They are not as good of a team. They are a piece or two away from really being a contender in the Eastern Conference when you have a really good Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on their team, which is, I'm surprised, they don't make a move to either get a high draft pick, get some value for Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart, something. But they're going to continue to try to be competitive. And I tweeted last night, yeah, we did what we did to the Celtics, but we will see the Celtics soon. February 13th, Sunday afternoon on ABC up in Boston. I expect the Celtics to be much more competitive and it's going to be an extremely tightly contested contest on that day. So I look forward to them coming back and coming with the stuff. I mean, I just keep looking at the stats from last night. The Hawks held the Celtics to 47 points in the first half. Just, just terrific. And then to respond when things got tight, the third quarter, the Celtics kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Early fourth quarter, one-point game. And then to close the game on an 18-2 run. And the Celtics didn't score for seven minutes in that fourth quarter. That was just just a great, great team performance. Seems like McMillan has his rotations down. A lot of people have been scared of the all-bench lineups. And the all-bench lineups have been producing as of late. And then McMillan basically said, if it ain't broke, don't break it. I mean, it's not broken right now. So he's going to keep rolling with this lineup until he needs to make a change. And Trey Young has been playing fantastic as of late. He just recently got selected to the All-Star game So as a starter. So once again, I've been imploring all year that he better be an All-Star. and He better be an All-Star starter. And the fans came through. So congratulations to Trey Young. Another all-star game appearance under his belt that will obviously occur in February. And he was Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week, um, which I forgot to mention last episode. So I do apologize for giving credit where credit's due. But Trey's been balling.
Bogey's been balling. John Collins, we need to continue to feature more, but he was dominant last night. He had a really good game. Okongu's been doing things off the bench. Gallo and Lou Will have been producing off the bench. It's been a team effort. Team effort when you look at it. I tweeted out last night, whoever is responsible for this defensive turnaround, the individual, individuals, you know, God bless you. God bless you. Because defense has been the key for this Hawks turnaround. I mean, the Hawks had 14 defensive stops in the fourth quarter last night. 14. And I tweeted out, I said, a few weeks ago, we would be praying for that to happen. And now the Hawks are doing it and executing on a defensive end. It's turning to opportunities on an offensive end. You play defense in the NBA, it makes things easier on the offensive end. I just believe that. I've seen it time and time and time again, watching a lot of basketball in my short lifetime, that if you can play sound defense and create turnovers, it's going to give you easier opportunities on the other end. And the Hawks are seeing that and benefiting from that right now. I mean, six-game winning streak. Since they lost to the Knicks at home, they've beaten the Bucks, the T-Wolves, the Heat, the Hornets, the Kings, and the Celtics. Those are pretty impressive teams that they've beaten. I mean, when you look at the Bucks, the Heat, and the Hornets, and the Celtics, those four teams are all in the top eight in the Eastern Conference. Those are good wins. The T-Wolves are not slouches either. And the Kings are the, are the Kings, but it's still the NBA. You still got to come up and show up every single night because any given night you can be beaten by anybody. The other team that we're playing, they're professionals. They're getting paid too. So as much as you want to say this player sucks or this team sucks, they're still much better than the average individual at basketball. And any given night, a team and a player can get hot. And now the Hawks are, in the words of young boy, get a fan because we hot now. We are hot now. Hottest team in the NBA outside the Phoenix Suns. Six games in a row. And now we have the Lake Show who just lost to the Charlotte Hornets on Friday night, although they did not have... Anthony Davis, or LeBron James available for that game. I have confidence in this Hawks team who are playing much better that they can avenge their loss to the Lakers, which was just about three weeks ago where they let the Lakers score 134 on them. 134, they let LeBron. Obviously, LeBron, is, it's hard to stop. So I'm not going to even talk about that. But you let Malik Monk drop 29 on you. You let Avery Bradley drop 21 on you. THT, Horton Tucker, who the Lakers are actively shopping, and then Carmelo Anthony has 17 off the bench. I mean, it was just a bad performance from the Hawks defensively that night. Bad performance in Staples. They let the Lakers make 17 threes, shoot 40, almost 42% from three, and they're not a great three-point shooting team at all. So in order for them to get revenge, and beat the Lakers here in Atlanta on Sunday. They're going to have to keep the Lakers out of the paint, force more threes, but continue to guard the three like they have been doing. The, the rebound margin is going to be crucial that game. Crucial that game. In the game three weeks ago against the Lakers, when you look at the stats, the Lakers were sharing the ball with 37 team assists. They had 14 steals, 
forced 15 Hawks turnovers that game. The Lakers had 24 fast break points. I mean, they just put the clamps in them defensively, forced a lot of mistakes for the Hawks, and the Lakers took advantage of them. If the Hawks can continue to take care of the ball like they have been doing as of late, they can beat this Lakers team. They can. I mean, it's going to be a big crowd. Anytime the Lakers come into Atlanta, it's going to be a lot of Lakers fans because Lakers have a national presence, just like the Cowboys for the NBA. They're going to have fans here. It's going to be an electric atmosphere for a Sunday afternoon game. With the Hawks playing well as of late, the home crowd has been excellent for the Hawks. So I'm really excited to see how they compete on Sunday. And it's going to be tough. I mean, especially if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are available, it's going to be tough. I'm going to be really looking at DeAndre Hunter, who's going to be probably guarding LeBron James a lot. Collins is probably going to switch on him. Obviously, Okongwu is going to be a body on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Capella. The front court, if our front court can be sound defensively like they have been, I think the Hawks have a wonderful opportunity to win this game. And then the X factor scoring on the offensive side of the ball are going to be Bogey and Herter. Bogey and Herter are going to be the guys that have to get it going. And then obviously our bench is going to have to continue to play well. And if they can do those things, the Hawks are going to beat the Lakers. They're going to beat the Lakers. I don't think they're going to blow the Lakers out. They're not going to do them like they did the Celtics or the Kings. It's going to be a tightly contested ball game, which is going to put... Not a strain, but it's going to make Monday's game even more important at home against the Raptors. The Raptors are no slouch either. They've been playing well. When you look at the standings for the Raptors as of late, the Raptors are the ninth seed in the East, so they have a play-in spot at 23-23. and 23. They are 4-6 and six in the last 10 games, so it's kind of slumping, but... They're a well-coached team. Nick Nurse is an NBA champion. They still have some pieces from that championship team from a few years ago. So the Raptors are certainly not slouches. So I expect Sunday's game to be a tightly contested game against the Lakers. I think the Hawks will extend their streak to seven games. And if we can get some really good contributions for the bench in that Lakers game, it's going to save the legs for the Hawks for that back-to-back for Monday night's game at home versus the Raptors. And that is going to be the key. Like I said, I'm not going to give a prediction for the Raptors game. I think that's definitely a winnable game for the Hawks. But the bench will be key on Sunday against the Lakers. Because if they can produce the way they have been and save the legs for the starters so they can execute down the stretch in the fourth quarter against the Lakers because it's going to come down to execution in the fourth quarter, taking care of the ball, executing on the offensive end, and getting stops on the defensive end, keeping those big physical players from the Lakers in front, keeping them out the paint, forcing tough, contested jump shots, and continuing to guard that three-point line much better than they did in that game a few weeks ago. They can pull out that win and then potentially beat the Raptors, extend the streak to eight games going into the month of February, which will set themselves up nicely when they look at the standings and look ahead to those eight games in February leading up to the All-Star break. Continuing to build upon this momentum and fight, push 
until the All-Star break, get some well-deserved rest, and then refocus and retool for the last stretch going into the playoffs. The Hawks, I always saw that they're going to make a run in the second half of the season, but it was bleak at times because of the effort on the defensive end. I think shuffling Cam Reddish out had more of an impact on his team than people want to give credit to. And a lot of people don't want to give credit to that because they had an affinity and a love for Cam Reddish. But certainly there was something there. And now we have this turnaround here in Atlanta with him out of the locker.